The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Big Square Game, Big Game Squares Contest, $1,000 prize pool, and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo Contest, $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit exclusively on the SGPN app. They did again. They they did it again. I, I I I just I don't know what to say. I we start we're ending the week exactly how we started the week. We're ending the week exactly how we started the week. Bad officiating, terrible officiating, terrible officiating, and the NBA coming back. Not even the next day, the same night, saying they missed the call. Like when when is it enough going to be enough? For the record, by the way, you are talking about the Dallas and the Pelicans game. When is enough going to be enough? I am. I'm not saying New Orleans would have won the game anyway. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know the voice of the guy. I can't even get through this intro. I'm pissed off. I am pissed off. You know, you guys know you're listening to the NBA podcast. You know me. I'm the guy, Villain Rail, really rail to run from Junior. You know that's Scott Studio Rochelle. We don't have to go through this. If you're listening along, you read the little description, you know who you are. All right. But enough of that. Je- Jesus Christ, man. Jesus Christ. Two bad calls in a five, less than a two second span. Two bad calls. You can argue that it was actually more than that because of the fact that if we're going through the entire week, you also had that Minnesota game against Sacramento. Oh, no. Where it yes. looks like McDaniels tra- uh, traveled before he hit the game tying three pointer. Now, they lost in overtime anyway, so it didn't exactly matter in the grand scheme. But after. But, like travel calls, I, you know, I kind of, you know, you know, it is what it is. Like, Travels just don't get called. At the end of the day, traveling just doesn't. That McDaniel's one was really bad. It was, but traveling just doesn't get called in NBA. Like that's that's just fact. It doesn't get called in NBA. This is a like clear out of bounds play. When you see Brandon Ingram saves the ball before stepping out of bounds, it's a clear possession. And then to add on to that, they mismanaged the clock as well. Now, I know you can come out here and say, well, the Pelicans bench should have been looking at the clock. They should have picked up on that. They should have said something. They could have went back, got that review, because clock, the clock is actually a reviewable play. The terrible call, and I'm not even trying to be hard on him because it's hard to see the ball, look at the foot, make sure it's all blah, blah, blah. Like, that is a difficult. Yes, it's a lot going on. But that's not even a reviewable play. It's whatever he said goes. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. And then same day, like, again, same situation we was talking about where you have the freaking uh, ref report comes out and they say, yeah, we missed that. Yeah, we missed that too. Dallas won the game. Dallas, They had Dallas minus four and a half. It's clear and obvious. They had Dallas minus four and a half. Because the if 
Brandon Ingram got that save and it went to Jonas Valanciunas, they are in position how, if you look at the players on the court and the positioning of the players on the court, they are in position to potentially have a chance to win that game. And that got taken from them. Uh, well, yes. Technically, they were in a position to tie the game because they were down three at the point. But still, the, the argument is that New Orleans should have had a possession with a shot to potentially send it to overtime. Yeah. And they got robbed from them because of the fact that the referees butchered it. Now, I'm not going to go through a whole ref thing because we already did that earlier this week. It just tells you how nothing really changes at this point with the referees because it's the same thing over and over again. I feel like the the main issue that they had is a matter of just for the entire season. It's about prioritizing quick and limited reviews compared to getting the right calls. And I feel like that's one of the extreme debates or extreme, I'd say, trade-offs that you've had this season. It's the elimination of automatically reviewing everything. It's the decision to allow one coach's challenge and everything else is basically just play on, we'll go from there. And on one hand, it was because in previous years, the final minute would take 30 minutes of actual time because you're reviewing every single stoppage and it takes an eternity. On the other hand, you have a lot of plays that we've seen from this year. Not not the LeBron case because you couldn't challenge foul calls, but still. The point is you're you're limiting the number of plays that teams can request reviews for, and you could really maximize the impact of horrible missed calls because you're concerned more about keeping the flow of play as opposed to actually getting the right calls made. That's really mm-hmm. the underlying theme or the underlying discussion that kind of that people need to choose or at least talk about from this season alone. Because in previous years, this probably would have been reviewed. The problem was people kept complaining about how long it took to actually finish the final mm-hmm. 60 seconds of a basketball game. So I'm going to ask you, which do you prefer? Do you prefer – it's kind of a rhetorical question because I'm sure some people listening to this podcast have differing opinions. Do you mm-hmm. prefer to get every call right and to take extra time? Or do you prefer, or do you prefer to sacrifice a couple of correct calls – to keep the game from taking two hours in the final five minutes of the game? So I I think the answer is in the middle. And something that I like that I saw in the NFL playoffs that worked and I think works is the expedited expedited, review. Yeah. Yeah. And because, look, if you look at the referee report, the replay center had Pat Freyer, Trey Maddox, Andy Nagy, and Danica Mosher in there. What were they doing? What were they doing during that possession? Like, like really, what is the replay center? What is the job of the replay center? And that's something I have to look at. What is the job of the replay center who only job there is is to sit in front of the monitor and look at the games? Mm-hmm. Like, what is their what is their job? Because it's a clear it was clear on replay that this was a missed call. They should be able to have the ability to be watching these plays, not only in real time, but also watching the immediate replays to, one, verify everything that's happening in the last two minutes, and then be able to call down and say, hey, no, guys, you got this wrong. We need to run this back. Like, you need to correct this, especially with with there's an opportunity for a timeout, stoppage, or anything. Like, you should be able to real-time do that. I don't know how we're in 2023. You can't real-time see that, hey, we made a mistake right here. 
let's halt play and let's make sure we get this right. Especially with it being a billion-dollar industry and how you're not looking at a college football situation where you have these random BS games where you have no good camera angles available to you. You're in all these arenas, the same arenas the entire year. Of course, you have the occasional game in pair. You get my point. The point is there's no excuse to not have a perfect angle or any angle that you could hypothetically overturn a call with an expedited review. So that should cool. never happen. The call itself is twofold because on one hand you can make a case and say well you know the ingram play they blew it but that was a really tough call to make live okay you know whatever like you still got to get that call right but the worst mm -hmm. call in there is the clock and i know yeah. that the clock is the less significant you know decision or the less significant blunder because yeah. the possession matters more in that case but there is no excuse to completely mess up an extra second off the clock coming off where you have everybody in the arena who is probably aware of the clock potentially being an issue, or at least the clock automatically being reviewed in most of these cases. But at that point, you don't care because yeah. it's like they, Dallas has possession and they're down three. Like at this point, you don't care. They, it's just that there's so many times, and I think this is where you start getting to people having the idea that the Elam ending should actually make it to regular NBA basketball, which I think is absolutely crazy. But you have this opportunity for what you never see, and that is the defending team to get the steal at the end of the game without fouling and have possession with a chance to win the game. Like, that's the ending that everybody wants to see at some point now, depending if it's your team or not, you may or may not want that. But Everybody wants to see that at the point of the game. Nobody just wants to see fouls and then the game in. Like, everybody wants to see this, like, the Knicks game, the Knicks and the Heat game, where Julius Randle fell and then the Heat came back, got was able to get the ball. They reviewed it. They called it a foul at first, actually, and then they reviewed it because they had a challenge left, said it was no foul, and then Tyler Hero actually had a shot to win the game. Like, that's how you want the game in. You don't want to just sit here and watch foul fest and then knowing that, you know, the game is going to end like this. It, I don't know, man. It just sucks. Yeah, but I've, once again, of course, the referees butchered the entire ending. That's been the kind of case for the past week. But I wanted to at least bring up the discussion because a lot of people just assume that there's an easy solution. Have some expedited review, do some stuff here. A reminder, though, that a lot of these calls that were missed would probably not have been missed in previous years. But we sacrificed reviewing everything in order to make the games end faster. So I'm just saying, it seems like a case where people will kind of want, you know, to have their cake and eat it too. And I'm at least bringing up that there was a trade-off that took place, which was to make sure that the flow of the game stayed intact. And on the trade-off, you'd lose some of the actual accuracy with overturning some calls. And with that, I don't even think that the, like, Nobody wanted them not to review calls that were supposed to rev be reviewed. It was the fact that they were going and reviewing clear and obvious stuff. Yeah. Like very, very clear and obvious stuff they were going to review and taking forever with that. Stop doing that. We don't want that. You can you can have that. We don't want that. We want you to actually review the plays that need to be reviewed. And to also build on what you said, when you even look at the plays that used to take an attorney to review, no matter how simple they were, it's been proven time and time again that Secaucus, the ref, the replay center, has basically every view you can possibly imagine. 
they it's not like they're ever like in, there's a blind spot. They usually have a great view on any play, and the only time you can't really tell is if there's like simultaneous possession kind of thing where you can't tell if it's at the exact same time. You got to make a choice, but usually you can find one angle that will tell you what you need to know. Usually. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, with the replay center having a lot of these angles, you can have enough information to make these calls. The problem is, as you said before, the information's not being relayed fast enough where you can't have a some type of expedited review process, which really should be the norm in 2023. Yeah, like, it, we're not in... I know we're trying to speed the games along, but we're not in that much of a rush that you can't, like, you can't take two seconds Hold on. They're saying they're saying one thing, they're saying another. Hey, New York, what what did you see? Yeah. Oh, we oh, you think we should take another look at it? All right, we'll go ahead and take another or look. Or worst at it. case is maybe like add a time limit to it. Like keep reviewing the same stuff, but say if we don't yeah. find the specific thing in two and a half minutes, we're moving on. But and so, not even two and a half minutes. I'm just talking about a quick thirty seconds after yeah. the play ends. If the if the replay center took thirty seconds to look at that play after it was called and said, hey, I think you might have been wrong here. You should go back and take a look. Don't even make the decision. The replay center doesn't even have to make the final decision. I will concede that. But say, hey, just like in soccer, because soccer does that. Soccer mm-hmm. will look at it, and they'll review it, and they'll say, mm, I think you should look at this. And then they'll go, and they'll do the little box yeah, the, thing. The, the VAR and thing. I actually do. That's like a really fun. Like When they do that, I'd be like, hey. That's going to be funny. I prefer but, yeah. just the point to the box. That's a little bit more intense for me for the soccer officials. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like it. I like the little make the box thing. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's cute. I, I said two minutes like and 30 seconds is a random number. Realistically, 60 seconds. Like, yeah. you have you have all the angles. Yeah. The like, should just, be able to pull it up pretty quickly. I don't know. I just be thinking refs don't want to admit that they're not perfect. And it's like everybody understands they're not perfect. Everybody understands you can miss a call. It's just that if you have video evidence of the call, then go back and make the right call. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but that was one of the main takeaways from yesterday's games. I don't really really want to go through another referee rabbit hole because we kind of did that in the early. No, I was literally just about to move us on to probably – there's the one other, other take we got to talk about. It was the yeah, it's only final one game thing. on TV. Well, right? no, it's really two other things in one game. It's two other things in one game. It's the fact that Giannis goes out and had another 50-piece fries, no drink because he's a dog. And the Clippers had an epic collapse that only can be written about in books, to be honest. But they somehow found out a way to bring that to life in the actual NBA by not scoring in the last four minutes of the game. I'm going to let you pick where to start because there's really – you kind of mentioned the main two points, and you can go through a serious conversation on both topics. Do you want to start with Giannis because that should take less time because we already talked about Giannis earlier in the week and how we know he's incredible. You want to just start there, and then we can go into a deep dive on the Clippers. I mean, I really don't have anything else to say to Giannis except he's the best player in the league. I think he should be – I think he's my MVP right now, but – uh, maybe it, but it's between him and Luca for me right now. To be honest, I, I know what Jokic is doing is crazy. It's amazing, and uh, averaging a triple double is not easy at all. But at the end of the day, I I just think I'm getting a lot more from those other two. And Jokic, but Jokic has the number one team in the league. So, I mean, it's going to be a conversation. I also think it's kind of hard to give Jokic, you know, 
three in a row after all the people that got snubbed at three in a row after having a really good year. So um, there's a precedence there that the voters created upon themselves. And I say upon themselves because those same voters have been voting for the past like 20 years or so. So, um, yeah, no, I, it's really Giannis is amazing. Like Giannis is amazing and his and his greatness is being diminished because of how good he actually really is. Like nobody's talking about it. Yeah, for me, for the MVP voting, I'm not going to completely pivot to Giannis being the favorite or even being top two at this point. Last Saturday, didn't everybody say Embiid should be favored? We're kind of just doing this thing now where we see yeah. in previous years. Last year it was Jokic and it was Embiid, where we kind of know the main two guys, but people keep trying to like say this guy's overtaking this other guy. Realistically, Jokic and Luka are still a and B. I think the point is you can make an argument that Giannis is closing the gap there. But but how is that's the thing, and the, but that's what I'm trying to get. How is it just an A? It's not an A and B race. Like it's clearly not an A and B race. Based on what we've seen the entire season, I think it pretty much is right now. Now the Mavericks are somehow in fourth in the Western Conference. Based on historical precedent, Luka's got no chance to win if they don't fit. Or I wouldn't say no chance because Westbrook did it with OKC. You usually need a team that finishes in the top three of your conference standings to actually have a realistic shot to win the MVP, historically speaking. So based on that, I'm assuming Luka won't win it. Jokic, I think, has a great chance to win it if Denver does finish with the one seed. That's a seriously nice tiebreaker there if Jokic ends up getting the one seed with Denver and he carries them. I think at the end of the day, Luka uh, Luka is going to finish short. I don't think he's going to win. I just think Dallas isn't good enough, and I think the record's going to struggle. Denver's in a great spot to get the one seed because the rest of the West is really just not great, and we're going to talk about the Clippers in a second. That's going to segue into a bit of a rant by me or discussion. But I think think Jokic right now should easily be one. Guy's averaging a triple-double. His team's number one in the West. I don't really know what more you want from Jokic at this point. I'll just challenge you with the fact that Jokic won it last year and the Nuggets were sixth in the West. That's the only okay. thing I'll challenge you on. He won it last year, and they were sixth in the West. So, but uh, they do have an injury argument built in where Jamal Murray and Porter missed basically the entire year, and he was doing it with a bunch of scrubs. But that's kind I of mean, the but argument. Lucas, Luca has. I mean, come on now. The rest of the team isn't playing up to the standards that Luca has either. Like, I'm just saying that you. I like. I agree with your argument, and I think there is somewhat of a precedence. But they've shown in recent history and by recent history, I mean the past 10 years that they care less and less about wins and more and more about individual achievements. So I'm, I'm just going to ask you this though, is Giannis kind of approaching like he, I don't want to say Jordan territory, but there's kind of like an underlying theme that happened in the nineties where if you gave the MVP to anybody or we'll say LeBron, let's go with LeBron in the last like 15, 20 years is Giannis yes. at that point where anytime somebody wins the award for MVP, but it's not Giannis, the award means less because Giannis is clearly the best player in the league. I think, That's what I LeBron mean, had I, to deal with for 15. I think it does. I know we're talking about everything Jokic is doing, but you really only mention Jokic on one side of the ball. Yeah. Like, that's And that's really my big taking point, and that was my determining factor is that, wow, Jokic is a really, really great offensive player. Wow, Giannis is a really, really great offensive and defensive player. Yeah. Like that is really the tailoring point for me, where I'm like, I'm getting it on both sides of the ball. And Bead has fallen off because he's fallen off a little bit defensively for me. Because normally I had a Bead a lot higher, but he's fallen off defensively for me, so I don't like him as much. But it's like, come on, I'm asking, I'm asking Giannis to do it on both sides of the court for the whole game, and he's doing it to a high level. 
Yeah, and I think defense should be weighted more in the MVP votes, but unfortunately they're not. But it kind of goes back to, in hindsight, when you look at who won the MVP awards in the late 2000s and the early 2010s, you're looking at Steve Nash, who won it twice. You're looking at Derrick Rose, who won it once. I personally was fine with those selections at the time, but the argument in hindsight is, well, LeBron was clearly the best player. So you can give your fancy, you can give your trophies whoever you want. We know LeBron could argue. I mean, Kobe the got MVP. the same treatment. Kobe yeah. got the same treatment. Kobe averaged like thirty-two one year, where that was just a phenomenon. Like that wasn't even thought of. Now you have freaking LeBron who averages thirty point six point game, and he's sixth. Yeah, he's sixth we're, in the NBA. But we're looking so at like, the hindsight, and the point is, you can make the argument that similarly to what LeBron dealt with in the two thousands and two thousand tens, that's what every year that he now. didn't win the MVP, it was kind of unwritten, but kind of well known that you could give the MVP to LeBron every year. I feel like Giannis might be at that point where he's clearly the best player in the league, and yet it seems like he's not winning enough MVPs based on that fact. So I think he's kind of falling into LeBron yeah. twenty like late two thousands, early twenty ten territory where you can just give him the award every year, but they're not going to. Is that yeah, a fair I, comparison? I, I truly think that's what it is. Like I truly think that's what it is. And I, I'm really hard pressed to see another situation that he can come in, he can win MVP. If he doesn't win MVP from what he's doing now, what he even what he did last year, like he's had multiple years where it's just like wow. But it's well, like the previous years were issues for Giannis because he also missed some games. He had some injuries yeah, there yeah. where and so, he was managing. But this one is whatever. Yeah, this one is more or less he's playing. It seems like if he continues his trajectory, he's playing majority of the games of the season. Well, that's why Jokic beat Embiid last year. It's, it was because yeah. of the fact that Embiid missed some time, not as much as previous years, but still. And Jokic has been very durable, so that's kind of an extra check mark you can put by Jokic. But once again, if we're going by best player in the league, then Giannis should win the award every year. So it really comes down to what your own interpretation is of the MVP worthy options because if we're going by best player, it's Giannis's award every year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I understand. I just point. I feel I'm like just... I feel like that Jokic is getting a lot of love that J- James Harden and Russ didn't get and I know it's di- completely different styles of play but it's the fact that okay we get it he's going to put up stats like his style of game is so is so good he's gonna put up stats like at some point at some point you have to sit here and just look at the players and say who would I want on my team to lead my team through the regular season who would I want on my team to lead my team through the playoffs who is that person the playoffs are tricky though because it's a regular season award. So you can no, talk but I'm saying, about like But I'm I'm just I'm not like, you know, counting actual playoff success, but I'm saying if I want an MVP, I want an MVP on my team to lead me through the regular season and through the playoffs. Like that's how I see it. I'm not saying that I'm judging you off your playoff success. I'm not saying that you're not getting it because you're not um winning games in the playoffs, but you are a type of player, a style of player that I trust to lead me in the playoffs. I think you should be MVP, and I put Giannis over Joker in that. I do. I I think if we're going by overall full body of work talent, I think that Giannis is the better player. But if we're asking who's going to win MVP right now, Joker's on pace to be the first center to ever average a triple-double in a season with assists. I'm not sure if Wilt ever did it with blocks because blocks weren't officially a registered stat for part Mm -hmm. of his career. 
or like Bill Russell, for example. But you get my point. The point is Jokic is ever going to triple double as a center, and his team's the one seed in the West. As of right now, Joker should be the favorite to win the MVP. I think Giannis is closing in on the number two spot because I really question if Dallas will finish well enough in the standings that he's even going to be a serious candidate to overtake Joker. And if you can't overtake Joker, you got no chance to win the award. I think I, Luke I, is going to fall. That's behind. a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation that I don't think that wins should like wins should not. I don't think it should either. But if we're going, it, it should matter. Stuff, but you mentioned it is, Joker it is how people year. vote. It yeah. is how people vote. But that's why I'm also and. That's another thing. Last last soapbox rant, and we're—I mean, we're going to touch the Clippers very, very, very. We have briefly. to talk about the Clippers after. Very, very, very briefly. I mean, we don't have to. We can. They're they're they've shown it. We don't have yeah. to say anything. Well, that's going to be my everybody main else point, saw yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, everybody else saw it. We don't have to. But last quick thing, they got to rotate these voters out. They got to do something like people that are voting for twenty plus years that understand the game only one way. Like I think it's time to look at who are you who are you looking at in the media to be voters and start rotating some of these voters out because the league is changing. So how is the league changing and the voters aren't? That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, they should be able to, I'd say, limit who can realistically win the award to two or three people every year, which is what the finalists are for. I think anybody that voted for let's just say Devin Booker last year to win uh, MVP should just lose their vote for this year. Like that's such an abysmal vote <laughs> last year mm-hmm. or like Tatum last year, for example, there are some guys who are going to be mentioned briefly. DeRozan was mentioned for like a week and a half last year. I but in hindsight, if you I agree with that, you take, let guys, everybody let every, do a preliminary vote. Let everybody vote. Top three, come back. All right, now everybody re-vote on those yeah. top three, and let's but get I an accurate. I don't think anybody should have their final vote be for a guy that has no chance to win. And you can make the argument even – I'm not going to make it fully political, but it's kind of like voting for a third-party candidate, and you know they got yeah. no chance to win. But it's yeah. the same idea. Where like It was voting, one of these recent years yeah. Carmelo got a vote. Like you're voting for the sake of voting – but you know that the guy you picked has no chance of winning, so your so vote you just actually abstained. doesn't do anything. You just abstain your vote. That's all you yeah, do. Yeah, basically. You just your vote. So I'm, right. I'm fine with multiple like voting sections where you slowly eliminate the choices, and then you re-vote as you slowly eliminate, and you get further down and further down yeah. until you get a final three. Yeah. All right, I have nothing to I have nothing to add to the Clippers. Honestly, I truly don't. Everybody saw it. Writing is on the wall. Everybody saw what happened. Shout out to us for getting Clippers plus four bucks money line. It actually came in exactly how I said it was going to come in. I, I have nothing to add to the Clippers. Nothing. My my main brief takeaway. I'm not going to spend much time on this because I do want to get into the games. The Clippers choking is not a surprise because we've seen Paul George and Kawhi together choke 3-1 leads in the playoffs. We've seen the Clippers with Ty Lue, with Doc Rivers, doesn't matter. They'll find ways to blow games in the playoffs. And this game did have a playoff atmosphere to it, so I think it is a pretty fair comparison. The main takeaway of the direction I'm going to take this, once again, I don't know who the hell is good in the West. I mean, like, title good. I mean, like, representing the conference good. I'm running out of teams because a month ago we were talking about New Orleans and Memphis. You know who New it is. Orleans you know who the answer fault. is. You know who New it, you Orleans know who not the their fault is. because New Orleans got injured and Zion's mm-hmm. been out for about a month and a half and they've fallen apart. They've lost ten straight. You're looking at the, you're looking at Memphis and 
I don't think they're mature enough, or at least until they trade Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks will single-handedly prevent them from making a deep playoff run. I think he's that big of a saboteur, so to speak. I oh, think we for- oh man. Oh, and I, I, that the, we that's why I that. mentioned this takeaway, because we can briefly talk about Dylan Brooks being a clown for punching Donovan Mitchell in the nuts. Clearly intentional, by the way. Clearly intentional. He gave the over-the-shoulder look and then immediately punched him in the nuts. I think it was clearly No, intentional. no, it's even more but, of that, but give, go ahead. I'll let you do Clippers. Is, I'll, do Don, I'll do Brooks, and we'll move on. Yeah, point is Brooks the clown. I still don't trust the mental toughness of Memphis, and I think that they're still kind of front runners, and they haven't proven anything yet. So I'm not sold on Memphis. The Clippers just proved once again they can't handle big moments. I don't trust them either. Golden State, I don't think is very good, but you're kind of picking them by default because they've been there before. But I still think they need to kind of revamp the roster. Like, Golden State right now is not a very good basketball team. I mean, you could take a flyer with the Lakers, but I don't trust LeBron or AD to stay healthy. But I'll tell you what, it's a pretty weak Western Conference if you want to take a Cinderella spin with the Lakers and just pray that LeBron and AD can do enough. The point is there's really no teams in the West that I actually like. You can talk about Phoenix if Booker comes back and maybe take a spin there, but I still don't know if I like their supporting cast. Every team in the West is flawed, I don't know who's actually worthy of coming out of the Western Conference. It's easy. It's the Warriors. It's easy. As of right now, it's the Warriors. It's clear but, uh, it's from right, what so you from what you no, but go wait. That's uh, what, but that's what I'm challenging you on. Go back to what you saw because last night the Warriors didn't play Draymond. They it was uh, Clay was missing. So if you look at from what the Warriors did when they started implementing the death lineup in Draymond at center and how they look in those stretch of games. And you implement that over the course of the season, you're clearly going to say that it's the Warriors. But they also just lost to Minnesota on the road using the same lineup. So I'm just saying, yes, they're they are a lot better with Draymond at center, but they were barely beating Oklahoma City. They almost blew a massive lead in that game. They held on to. They lost to Minnesota in overtime using the same lineup. But how many Golden times State have we seen? Have we seen Golden State do that? They did that last year. They looked like that last yeah. year and still went on a run. If, if I was picking one team now, I agree with you. It would be Golden State. But at least I'm acknowledging before the trade deadline, Golden State is extremely flawed. And it tells you how weak the entire Western Conference is, where we're picking Golden State by default. And it feels like LeBron in the Eastern Conference, where no matter how bad those Cleveland teams were, mm-hmm. you're just picking the same guy because you don't trust anybody else. That And that is truly how I feel. Now, I, I rank look, reserve... I reserve the right to still feel about because I do think Memphis has the highest ceiling when they get their head out of their ass. I believe Memphis does have the highest ceiling. And I think the Pelicans are the biggest sleeper when they are completely healthy. I agree. But, but it might be a playing team again. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that really is the issue. But at, at this point, if you're sitting here, and you're saying I have one free bet, I have a free bet, and this is the team that I have to put it on, and it has to be somebody coming out the West, it's the Warriors. It's clearly the Warriors. I think okay. I'd probably pick the Warriors, but once again, the fact that we're picking a team that's extremely flawed, that's basically around 500, tells you how untrustworthy the entire conference is and how much yes. worse the West is. Even the East. teams that are winning games, they're not trustworthy at yeah. all. They're, so Okay, so... That was my brief. That's my brief segue from the Clippers game. I kind of just wanted to turn into a Western Conference thing. Ah, uh, you said your piece about Dylan Brooks. Smiling piece is that man. He really tried to roll over his ankles too. Like he actually tried to roll over. He looked, tried to roll over his ankles through the arm. Like he knew, he didn't know what he was gonna hit, but he was gonna hit something. So uh, Dylan Brooks, he just you know, I think that was the last straw for me. I was like, man. You know, you've had a lot of questionable moments as a dirty player, but this one is like. 
all of that combined with this, yeah, man, you're a tough player. I'll give you that. Like, you are tough as, like, in terms of playing the game of basketball, but you are not a tough guy. Like, how tough? Like, black <laughs> wife beater in the locker room tough? Or how would you describe Yeah, yeah, tough? yeah. Like, yeah, I think he's, I think he's, like, Derek Fisher on the court tough, where he's going to take the charge be hit the floor hard, you know, all that energy, be the spark this team needs. And I think he is a spark that they need, but man, I, he's turning into a sideshow. He's, he's yeah, starting to he group is. himself with the Grayson Allens of the world. And you don't yeah. exactly want to be in that. Group. That's not a, that's not a group that you want to be with. All right. Before we get into the slate, I got to talk to you about the official sports book of the sports gaming podcast network. And that is when bet when bet is Available in a bunch of states all over. You heard me earlier. I told you all the states. Well, you can live bet in those states. You can have same game parlays, a.k.a. the win, build your own bet. And they're even covering the big game. So sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bets. And make sure that you put in put in a crazy long shot parlay. Like, just try. Just try. Do some research. Put in a crazy long shot parlay. Put a dollar on it. Because if you hit the longest parlay of the week you can get a thousand dollars free credit so so much choose from head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash win bet that's sportsgamingpodcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t state restrictions apply off subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older the president state where play the win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right, let's get into this Friday slate. Eight games in the NBA kicking off at 7 p.m. on the East Coast. We have the Portland Trailblazers going to play the Washington Wizards. Wizards are laying four and a half. 236 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have, oh man, I lost my tab. There we go. So for the Portland Trailblazers, we have. Is that Nurkic, who is questionable? No, that's, yeah, Nurkic is out with the calf injury, and Jeremy Grant is questionable with the concussion. Whereas for the Wizards, Anthony Gill still out with health and safety protocols. Portland coming off, I think they're coming off a win. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they've won back-to-back game. back games because the Lillard's, <laughs> Lillard's gone nuclear, but they killed Memphis in the fourth quarter of their last yeah. game they came back. Yeah, so... Uh, you also had the, nice jaw, you had the jaw triple-doubles kind of, you know, scandal going on in that game, too. They're really whatever. bad with the – I don't know how you can be bad at stat-taking. Like, it's not like this is happening during the game. That's a separate can of worms. That, that was the same game. Point is, Memphis yeah. fell apart in Portland. Yeah, Portland. that's ridiculous. All right. I mean – I'm going to start my handicap simple here, and I'm going to actually ignore the side in total. 35-and-a-half – this is where Lillard's points prop is located. Oh, is that what it's at? It's 35 and a half. I mean, I don't blame him. I can't blame him either because I kind of want to go through the numbers. That's where I want to start off. No, because that, I, that, that's literally what I was about to pull up, the numbers. We got we to at least talk about it because a couple games ago. Has he not been ago, over that number? Over yeah, in a couple games ago, game. I said if you want to take Portland against Atlanta, just parlay it with Lillard 40 plus, and he went for 42 points. So to read off the last couple of games here for Lillard, this is really a historic stretch. 42-42. 30, 60, 37, 24, 25, kind of a quiet spell there. No, no, 44, wait, wait, because that's 40, 40, 36, 50. But that 24 was 
the game against Pat Bev where they got into it on the court. And then Lillard says, all right, man, this, he done pissed me off. So I'm about to just go crazy. And that he opened up the floodgates after that game against the Lakers. Like, absolutely opened up the floodgates, didn't look back. So, he scored I mean, at least 36 points in eight of his last 11 games. As a three-point jump shooter. This is ridiculous. This is bubble Lillard territory that we're in right now. I don't. I, I don't know. How, I can't tell you to take the under. I can't no, of tell course you to not. Take the under. <laughs> especially, if Jer- especially if Jeremy Grant doesn't play. If he doesn't play, there's extra shots to go for him. But Lillard's gone to the free throw line 16-plus times in each of the last two games. Sheesh. I, I'll, I'll ask you this. Are you going to take Portland or are you going to take Washington? Because Washington's healthier. They're playing good basketball. But Lillard can single-handedly kill you. <laughs> <sighs> I think I'm like, going to take. Am I, I? Am I really? Am I really at the point where I'm either betting the Wizards or Damian Lillard? Because I'm not betting on the Trailblazers. I'm literally betting Damian Lillard. I think I might as well just bet him to you, have. You a You got 40. a little bit of Simons in there, but Nurkic is out, so you're you're going to see a lot of Eubanks. Your birthday boy might actually have. some Hey props man, on that was a that was a great call. It, I'm saying he, he might actually have some props. Ten ten rebounds was ten to one. Like yeah. ten rebounds was ten to one. So that was a. We'll go ahead and add that to the crazy amount, the crazy number of plays that single plays that we've hit because that ten to one was a nice play. Mm. <sighs> I want to take the Wizards so bad. I want to give the Wizards their flowers though, uh, just briefly because they've been good. And yes, if you look at the records, that's why I want to take them. That's why I want to take them. But it's they've like won six straight. How do you get in front of Dame right now? I will point this out, though, the Washington winning streak that they're on. They beat Dallas, who never covers against anybody. But to yep. go through the actual teams that they've beaten, they beat the Knicks. That's a good win there, kind of. I mean, the Knicks aren't exactly good at MSG, but they still won that game. I think that beat, I think that if we were talking good about quad one wins in college yeah. basketball, that would count as a quad one win. I think that's more of a quad two, but still, it's a pretty good one. Uh, come on. They beat Orlando. On the they road? Beat, they beat Orlando. They beat Dallas. They beat Houston. They beat New Orleans, who's lost 10 straight. They beat the Spurs. So a lot of those wins were against basically nobody, but they did have one or two good wins in there. I'll take the points. This game really feels like a coin flip to me. Give me a little word to go nuts again. Let's have some fun. But, and the thing is, on the off chance that Dame doesn't go crazy, the Trailblazers are in the same conversation as those teams you you mentioned that the Wizards are winning against. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fade the Wizards because it's their first road game back, um, back home, and that's a nice spot that we like fading them. And then they're about to go back on the road, so they're really only home for a game. Then they're going back up to uh, Brooklyn to play the Nets, and then coming back home for their actual home stand. So it's like this weird home game that's in that's stuck in there. So. I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll bet Portland with you and Faith was just like that. It's also it's also a weird spot for Washington because they had a makeshift like buy into this game because that game mm-hmm. against Detroit got canceled. I know what though. I'm not I'm I'm not taking Portland without putting da- attaching Dame to it. Like there's of no course. point in me doing it because if, if Dame doesn't Portland go off on there, the spread or even the money line, just I'm give me the with lowered points. Or if yeah. you want to pivot, maybe a double double because even with 42 points, he had a double double last game. Yes. He's, I think he averages eight assists on the season, man. 
Yeah, or if you want to pivot off of the points, you can take the over in threes. There's a couple other ways to bet Lillard to potentially maximize profit. I wonder if Washington just double team. Are they going to double team him past half court, like in the entire second half? They might. So I think Lillard assist might be worth. Yeah, Weston. I like Weston Sealed as a coach. I like Weston. He's, he's not afraid coach. to you know experiment a little bit. Yeah, if things aren't so, working defensively. So yeah, like he's he's not he's not coaching scared. He's not coaching like no. he's trying to keep his job. He's coaching like he's actually trying to win games. And mm-hmm. now, does he have the roster to do that? No, but. He's, I'm, I'm low-key kind of talking myself into Washington, but I'm just going to stop talking before I switch my pick. All right, total is stuck at 236.5. I think I'm going to lean under here. I, even if Lillard does go nuts, I actually have been impressed by Washington's defense uh, recently. One thing, they haven't played many good teams, but they've allowed less than 107 in three straight. They've been pretty good at home defensively. Portland, they held Memphis to 112. Uh, besides that, they weren't exactly great defensively. But I think I'll lean under. I just feel like Washington's not going to play at a fast enough pace where I actually like the overall number of possessions to send this over. If the pace is going to be a little bit of an issue and the total's this high and you're assuming that Washington's going to double-team a little or they're going to dare somebody else to beat them at some point, maybe it's a bit of hedging my bet there with Portland leaning on the side. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, look at Clippers and Bucks last night. Giannis had 54 and the game went under. So, I mean, there is a possibility where Dave can have half of the points that the Trailblazers yeah. have tonight. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I like that. All right. Anything else in the game besides Dame that nobody's probably going to be betting by itself? Uh, I mean, if you want to make a full pivot, since I mentioned lowered assists, Simon threes. Yeah, I think that that's a solid play. I'm going to go with Bradley Beal over. I mean, Bradley Beal does have the skill to put up what Dame is doing. He's just, you know, not doing it. <laughs> Historically speaking, he's been very good against Portland. I believe he's had a couple of 30-point games the last couple of meetings. But Beal, for me, is just a complete red flag in terms of props this year. I don't know if he was playing for the contract or what the story is. And I know Washington's winning now. But you're looking at the points for the last couple of, I mean... He really has a hard time even getting to 25. Yeah. He, had, no. he missed some games with injuries here, but I want to actually read off the games here. Uh, so to go through the games, let me just con- uh, check the math here. That's uh, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He's had nine straight games with less than 25 points. This is Bradley Beal we're talking about. Nine straight what was the, games. What was the numbers? What was the numbers? Uh, okay, so he played in six straight games before missing time with injury. I wasn't including the injury games. 21, 16, 17, 22, 17, 18. He had eight because he got injured midway through the Milwaukee game. 19, 24. So he's it's not even close in half of these games. Yeah, he's only gone over twice. Yeah, I'm at least going to point it out. I, I've really stayed away from Beal because I don't know if it's a matter of yeah. having less responsibility or he's just being less of a ball hog, whatever reason. He really just hasn't put up the points. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna hope that it's, half, though. But, I'm gonna hope it's some showmanship. And if he sees Dame going crazy, because I will say there was a point in time where I was calling for Washington and Portland to make a one for one swap. Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal's bad contract for Dame's bad contract, and just try start over and try again with the new, you know, a new star piece, but. That looks like a really bad bad idea right now. So. I think Beal, for, for most people, has been fool's gold if you bet on him, his player props, because yeah. points-wise, he really has not done much. I know he's still averaging roughly 22, 
but you're used to seeing Beal go for 30 and change all the time. Once again, it's been like nine straight games with less than 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm Beal. I'll I'll just take Beal for his showmanship aspect. I I was going back and forth between Kuzma and Porzingis of who I like better to have a really good day inside the paint against Nurk. And the chat is saying Porzingis. Well, Nurk is out, so it's going to be Eubanks. Oh well, yeah, Nurk is out, but yeah, it's Eubanks and um. So, chat saying Porzingis. I understand. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm torn. I, what are you doing? Is it is it Kuzma or Porzingis for you? Because it feels like one of these guys is going to get whatever they want down low. So I thought about going kind of a little bit off the reservation there and kind of pivoting fully to Gafford, who hmm. didn't play last. He didn't play hmm. last game against San Antonio, but his last okay. game against New Orleans, he had 21 and 12. The issue is he's constantly in foul trouble all the time. But to go through his games here. 21 and 12, 9 and 8, 9 and 7, 14 and 8. He's been hovering around double double territory there for Gafford. I think Gafford's got a decent matchup here. If I'm going mm-hmm. solely for a long shot or some plus money play, there might be some value on Gafford, assuming he doesn't get into foul trouble. I think I'll play Gafford. I would play Gafford points, and I'm I'm kind of tw- I'm kind of sold off of Gafford double double at this point because the foul trouble just- is so annoying. The foul trouble is annoying, and the fact that he's the only person that actually really cares about stepping up and getting in front of somebody coming into the lane. Like everybody yeah. else would just let them go by, but Gafford actually tries, and that's how he gets into foul trouble because he actually tries to go defend. And so it's like he, whether he gets a block or has a good defensive possession, he kind of takes himself out of that positioning for the rebound. So I, I'm mentioning Gafford because his price is plus two fifty five for double double. Kuzma's double double plus 275. I played him the other day. I played him the other day. Yeah. His double double the other day. It was like plus 340. I said, oh man, this is great. Like okay. so much value. And then I'm watching the game. I'm like, well, no wonder he's not getting rebounds because nobody else is like he's taking the on the defender in the paint. And you know, it just goes to Porzingis or Kuzma who just walks mm-hmm. in and grabs the rebounds. So yeah, I'm Porzingis like, is 135. I'm not sure if I'm fully into that. Kuzma's 275 for a double double. Okay, Kuzma, Kuzma, I can get behind for 275. Yeah, but I think 135 for Porzingis, I'm not fully into because I'd say effort wise, Porzingis has never been known for being a dominant rebounder by any means. And I see Courtney mentioning it. I've mentioned it in the past. Josh Hart unders, uh, I think, have been very solid lately for the points. It's a low number. But you also mentioned, or we talked about a Lillard could potentially facilitate more. But Hart's been injured. He's been playing through mm-hmm. injury, but he's kind of battling a bit of a leg issue. And offensively, he's done basically nothing lately. Mm-hmm. So I am pretty much into fading Josh Hart in this game uh, based on his recent form and just the overall lack of shots. He might have more responsibility in this game if Grant's out. But you still have Lillard, you still have Simons. And to go through Josh Hart's last couple of games here points-wise... 0 9 0 9 13 8 4 and 8 11 5 and 7 he's barely getting to to 9 at this point he had mm-hmm. zero last game he's battling i think it's an ankle issue so i'm i'm kind of fading hard here while he plays through injury because he took four shots last game and scored zero points playing through injury and he doesn't have a big role offensively anyway so i like the hard unders for points I like his over rebounds. The rebounds he, he's are good. active. The points yeah, he's active. Under. He's like an active box out and rebound guard. So and Nurk yeah, is I like out, him for so he should have a bigger role rebound. Yeah, I like his rebounds. I agree with you with the points. He he probably could have one of those Ben Simmons triple. And it's crazy to say this is a Ben Simmons double double, but he could have one of those Ben Simmons double double where he has ten rebounds, ten assists, and then doesn't get there on the points. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. I can see that. All right. 
Next game on the slate, we have... What is my handy-dandy uh, tool? Charlotte Hornets going to Detroit to play the Detroit Pistons. Pistons are laying one and a half. 240 is the total injury report for these two teams. And for the Charlotte Hornets, Cody Martin is TBD. And for... The Pistons, you have Hamadou Diallo, who is not on injury report. Corey Joseph is out, and that's about it for them. Mm. Was yesterday the game? Yeah, yesterday was the day they played against the Bulls, and they got ran through the mud. They got ran out. Uh, Lamelo got ejected in the fourth quarter. That was bullshit right. too. Well, it, it wasn't bullshit the injection, but it was bullshit that he didn't get the foul call, and then yeah. you threw him out because he was pissed that mm-hmm. he didn't get the foul call. Like I, I think that that is something you can't look at that, you know, real time. And, and no, you rescinded in hindsight. Yeah, you rescinded at the end. Like, all right, we're not going to make those technical fouls count to the suspension, or and we're not going to foul him. Because we clearly missed the the call, and he wouldn't have gotten a tech if we just called it right. Like mm. Pistons, they're they're favored in a basketball game. Like how how bad is Charlotte? Not only are I, they favorite, not only are they favorite, they're getting line movement in their favor. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte like, is. A, not, they're both terrible teams. The total in this tank bowl is two forty and change. So you're expecting a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean Detroit. <laughs> they're not good, but Charlotte's really bad. I'm this not actually. This was actually the only game they made an overnight play on. I took a player prop. I took the over two and a half assists on Mason Plumley. Is that three and a half now? At like plus one thirty. But Plumley's been really good at facilitating. I still like the three and a half over. He's had at least four assists in five of the last six games. Mm, He's been really okay. good. At passing the ball. I, now I, you see, you see my, my face made a face. I'm like, mm, I don't think I've been tracking Mason Plumlee's assists. No, no, you look at right. the assist numbers for Plumlee. They're pretty yeah. good. Okay. All right. So I took that. That moved to three and a half. So it's plus money, but maybe I'm tempted by it. The thing is, Charlotte isn't injured. So do you think Detroit, with their current roster, is better than Charlotte on paper? Or do you think Charlotte is so bad on the road and the fact that it's a back-to-back you're just blindly fading Charlotte anyway, because both these teams have been pretty much pure fades the entire season. Well, on paper, both of these teams are the same team because Charlotte's 15 and 38 and Detroit's 13 and 39. But only like I, only thing that I have for this scrub bowl is the fact that there is 79% of the bets and 81% of the money on Charlotte. Again, a 15 and 38 team who is on the road and line movement is going in favor of the Pistons. Yeah, I'll just I'll just handicap the reverse line movement and say somehow, some way, the Pistons get it done. I'm going to lean to Detroit anyway because they're never favored in any games. So the fact that they are favored is one and one this season as a favorite. Not bad. Yeah, you know, 500. Yeah, I'm shocked they were favored twice. So you might have lost a little bit on the juice, but yeah. I'll I'll lean Detroit. That total, I I don't even know what to think of that total. Just blindly lean over because. I, I have no idea how that game's in the 240s. It's because nobody guards anybody, but I don't really like either team offensively anyway. Just lean over and just hope that both teams punt defense the entire way. Uh, I don't know. I got no idea. Uh, 
lean under and hope one quarter falls off a cliff, which we've seen. Happen that's what a I was. That's games. what I was thinking. I'm like, maybe just just I get one bad quarter, and that's enough for me. Like, I'll I'll lean under, but why would I ever like? Because Charlotte is coming off a of back to back, and Detroit had travel issues and trying to actually get to Detroit for their for their last game and that game getting postponed like or the game got canceled in the first place so yeah so uh, I'll just go on this is the scrub bowl in the scrub bowl I'd rather just take player props and just give me you know uh, Bogdanovich have a really good game Melo has been playing pretty well recently he's sprinkling on Lamelo triple or no he had one against he like, Milwaukee. Is this like? Is he getting to the point where you have to sprinkle on him a little bit? Like I'm just asking because the game's in the 240s. Yeah. So you're expecting a bunch of assists, a bunch of points, and you figure if he can find a way to rebounds, it's around 10 to one. Like maybe you can make a case there. I know Rozier killed me last game. I, I took his over threes at two and a half, and he went two for nine from three against Milwaukee. But I kind of got to go back to the well, don't I? Yeah. Still took nine threes. He just couldn't. He just couldn't hit a shot. But I still like the volume. Doing yeah. double double. You know, he makes some pivots. Yeah, I think it's your your basics. Your basic. Just play your basic player props that you're playing for these two teams in this game. Like mm-hmm. you're not really afraid of either one of them defensively, to be honest. And it might, it might actually really be an over game. But it's just I don't know. Scrub bowl. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Sacramento Kings going to play the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are on a back-to-back. The Kings are not on a back-to-back. 235 and a half is the total. Kings are laying three on the road. Let's see here. You have De'Aaron Fox, who was out. They, that got announced last night. He's out for personal reasons. He's not playing in this game. He's out and, for, for mourning the uh, All-Star snub. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot better ways to mourn that All-Star snub. But, yeah, you know, you missed the opportunity. He had a very good opportunity here, and he missed it. Brunson did yesterday, too, but he didn't play either. I know. I, and I didn't even catch on to that. I think he got ruled out like 20 minutes before the game. I think so. It was, it was a late yeah. – it was a last-minute thing. Yeah. Pretty clean. Well, you don't have anything to report for the Pacers, but we can expect it to be relatively clean. We'll see what they do with Halliburton and if he ends up playing this game, but I think he's going to want to go. I'm assuming you're all over Halliburton props and Sabonis props. and buddy. No, nope, I'm not. Really? Oh, well, last one. I'm on the last one. I'm on the last one. I'm, I'm punting the first two, and I'm taking the last one. Cause I, think I figured the first because, two you know, traps. former team angle, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First two, I think the, I think Halliburton is definitely a trap because I think there is a small possibility Halliburton doesn't even actually play in this game. And I think that Sabon- – well, the line the line minus three kind of tells me Halliburton is not going to play. I, I, I don't think I, he's don't going know. to either. He played a lot of minutes. He played really well against the Lakers. Yeah. the way the game, but he just came back from injury. I don't think – Yeah, I don't think – I think the line is saying that he's not going to play. I just don't think this is three with – even Indiana coming off of back-to-back still at full strength. I don't think that this is three. I think this is maybe like one and a half for the Kings. I think so. it was one and a half on the overnight. So Oh, it was, and then it moved up? I think so. Let me see. I didn't even I didn't even look at where it opened up at. Oh, well, it says here it opened up at three, but you know that thing be wrong. Sometimes. From what I remember last night on the early lines, I'm pretty sure it was Indiana. Like, yeah, I mean, I would have it at one and a half. That would that would make a lot of sense for me. But yeah, I'm going. I'm 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 going for Buddy because I think that 
one, Halliburton's not going to play. So I think his usage is going to be up a lot more. And nobody's talking about him. Like, everybody's talking about this trade. Oh, this trade was a great one-for-one swap. This trade was a great one-for-one swap. Look, Sabonis is an all-star. Oh, look, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star. They traded all-star for all-star. It worked out for everybody. And Buddy Hill's just sitting there holding the bag like, uh, hey, guys. Hey, guys. I, I exist. Me, right here. I'm still, I'm still here. I can still shoot the ball. I'm I'm doing a three point contest. You you didn't see that. I'm I'm in the three point contest this year. I'm still here, guys. Yeah, give me Buddy Hill's three Buddy Hill threes ladder today. I see a prop that I feel like kind of that is kind of an autoplay based on value. I'm not sure the probability of it actually hitting, but I'm at least going to mention it. Keegan Murray double doubles thirteen to one. <laughs> thirteen to one. He had one two games ago. He's playing like 30 plus really? minutes a game. He started. Why do I feel like, why do I feel, you know, it's like so many players in the league. There's always like those couple of players that you sit there and realize like, wow, I really haven't been paying attention to this this guy enough. And I think Keegan Murray is that guy for me because I really haven't been talking about him at all this year. The points recently have not been great. He went 0 for 8 from the floor last game, but you're assuming he'll do better than that. But he played 30 Oh, and he had a 13 and 13 double-double. That's what I'm saying. That game went to overtime, but I believe he still had a double-double in regulation. Had a 20 and 9 game against Memphis a couple weeks ago. Had a back-to-back double-doubles a few weeks ago. 13 to 1? And we know Miles Turner, we criticize all the time for not being great at rebounding. I think there's value. 13 to 1? Really? Especially because, yeah, especially with Miles Turner, like, Come stepping outside the paint to take on the ball, the ball handler, and, and all you're of assuming that. Sabonis is going to have to follow him out there. They're yeah. going to pick and roll and get Sabonis to actually guard on ball. I, th- I think Murray's got a good spot here to potentially go for a double double. But thirteen to one, that's a hell of a bargain price. Yeah, it's not bad. Hopefully, it's not fool's gold like that. Jaden Ivy twenty two to one at one time. Oh, it might be fool's gold. Throw, <laughs> throw it in a long shot parlay or something. It's a 13 to 1 leg. You can throw 20 bucks on it, and if it hits, you basically make 300. Yeah. Like, you don't need to bet a ton on it. Just I think it's worth betting on for a for a sprinkle. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I just I just watched this line go to three and a half, by the way. Okay. I'm leaning Sacramento. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Sacramento too. With Fox being out, though, it is pretty interesting because both teams might be using backup point guards, but I still like Sacramento's supporting cast more. And Davion Mitchell, we know, is off night and still, you know, give problems. We've seen him have some really good games stepping in. He's a good player. Yeah. Uh, but and, and, and he adds another level defensively that they're going to eat off of more because he's playing more minutes. So now, you know, he'll be able to give the Nemhards and the McConnells, however, whichever way they want to go with that this time around, he'll be able to give those guys and maybe even Buddy, if he if Buddy starts getting hot and he switches on to Buddy, like he can give those guys some problems. So, yeah, I'm with you. And it's kind of surprising, but the Kings, it might not be fully well known. They're actually very good on the road. I feel like most yes. people don't realize that they're good on the road. Yes. Uh, what was this? I think it's seven and one now, as because they got that last win against the uh, Spurs. They're seven and one now as a road favorite. Yeah, seven I know and one overall. I, be, I believe they're thirteen and ten straight up on the road. But yeah. By the way, if you don't even want to take double double, if you want to go for like Keegan Murray rebounds for some alts, you can get eight plus rebounds at plus three thirty. <laughs> All right, total sitting at two thirty five and a half. I'm on the under. You both teams most likely missing their starting point guards. I can't take an over in that game. And you got you got Davion Mitchell playing defense for thirty plus minutes. I can't mm-hmm. take an over. 
Yeah, this isn't a game for the non uh, a game to target for the non conference over Sacramento versus the Eastern Conference eleven and twelve to the over and uh, Indiana nine and thirteen. So I agree with you. Both point guards out. A little bit confusion on offense and what we're doing. Kind of getting lost at different times during the game. I'll go with under there too. All right. Any other player props you got? Uh, no, I just mentioned the flyer with Keegan Murray, uh, which I like at 13 to one. Besides yeah. that, uh, I guess if you want to pivot, maybe look for a Davion Mitchell points. If you can find it, maybe you can look for something like that because you should get a bunch of minutes. Sacramento is not exactly that deep at the point Let me guard see position. If I can look this up real quick. No, they're not. It's really those two. They're not. That's what I'm saying. Mitchell might automatically get 30 minutes of. And run. He's probably going to play a lot of off ball. Like it's really, honestly and truly, it's probably all going to be in Sabonis's hands, which is why you probably still want to play his assist. Like he's more than likely he's going to bring bringing the ball up the court. I'll take Davion Mitchell steals if I can find it. Yeah, uh, Davion Mitchell. Let me try to pull this up real quick. Either, either way, the point is, I'm kind of just pivoting off of the starting point guards being out. I'll oh, rely a, on other guys. He's got a decent up. sample size without. I didn't know he had this large. Percentage. He's got a decent sample size without uh, Deer and Fox. About this year or in general? Uh, in general, it's not this. Yeah. Is it? Oh well, some of these are this year. It hasn't been. Uh, well, the games last year were a lot better than the games this yeah. year. He's got three games without Fox this year, and uh, nine. Nine, one, and four, eight, four, and six, seven, three, and two. So that's not really any promising at all. How are the steals but looking? One, zero, zero. Okay, okay. so maybe there's not an angle there. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it would have been fun. really good in my head. I'll tell you that much. It really did. But he does somewhat take – no. Yeah, you can't even get the, the over one and a half. Th- well, it's at plus 140. So – I mean, the fact that he's on the court, he has a good chance, but he's one for two from three, one for two from three, one for four from three in those yep. three games. But I will say he did have three pretty tough defensive matchups. I just realized, are, are we just blindly pivoting to like Sabonis triple-double because he's going to get all the assists that Fox would normally get? I don't even think I'd... Like, what is this triple-double at price? It's not going to be a lot of... I don't think there's going to be much value. It'll probably be somewhere in the three-to-one. Like, if, I'm, if I had to guess... Not I'd rather looking, just... I'll say 350, but I'll look right now. 350? No. Yes. I'll check right now. I I think I'd rather just play his assist ladder. I feel like I would get more out of that than if I then I would just like it's plus one ninety five. No, I would no because he's at eight and a half assists. So he so twelve assists is probably that same way more than that. I was just speculating plus one ninety five. I mean, you only take that with Jokic at this point. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I, I'm not doing it either. All right. Next game on the slate, we have. Oh, Courtney, that's that. a good point. You take McConnell over an assist, but it's not up yet, so we can't talk about it. So that's the thing. I don't know if I want to, like, because they've gone back and forth between McConnell and Nemhard recently. Like, first it was Nemhard, then he started sucking, and then it was mm-hmm. McConnell. Then McConnell really, really wasn't that much of a change. And I think they're like, I don't know, they're playing back and forth with. I think Nimhar got hurt at one point too. That's really why McConnell came in. So it really might actually still be Nimhar, to be honest. Yeah, it might but, be. But the point is, we don't. Halliburton has not officially been ruled out yet, so we can't fully discuss McConnell because we don't know what the number would be if mm-hmm. Halliburton's out. Mm-hmm. Next game on the slate, we have the Phoenix Suns on the road going to play the Boston Celtics. Celtics are laying nine and a half. 
looks like this line opened up at 10 is now down to nine and a half to 20 and a half is the total that comes crashing down from 226 injury report for these two teams and we have for the phoenix suns you're not going to see shamit Payne, or booker we all know that everybody else is good to go and for the celtics you're still not going to see marcus smart he's still out with that ankle injury other than that, Celtics good to go there as well. I'm curious where you're going to go here because this seems like the most obvious Celtics slam spot, but they always disappoint you. Mm-hmm. But can you take Phoenix? They lost by 35 at home to Atlanta. No, I'm perfectly fine not betting this game. I'm okay. perfectly. Well, I mean, perfectly that's the obvious cop out answer. I'm just I <laughs> yeah. was wondering if you were to lean one way. But if I had to lean one way, I probably, uh, I probably would lean to Phoenix and just sit here and hope that this is the Celtics just let them in the game. I mean, Phoenix has given them – I think Phoenix has given them problems recently. I know that's the – I know Phoenix had the Devin Booker 70-piece game against – Booker always gives them uh, a good yeah, game. Yeah, but even, you don't even, have Booker this Even time. the Booker 70 again, they lost by like 15. I mean, that, that didn't – And then they got – well, they got that earlier this season. Remember earlier this season they had that blowout win in uh, the Valley? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there's like, like you know, a little bit of a revenge factor for uh, this Suns team. But, I mean, it's, it's, I don't not, know. it's not even the same team. Like, I don't. It's just, I don't want us to diminish how much nine and a half points is in the NBA. But that still is a really large spread. And at some point, I do think that Boston is getting a little bit, you know, over the number. And they're not covering the number enough to be getting that. Like, I understand this was that Utah Jazz team from a couple years ago that it didn't matter where you set the number. They found a way to cover it. But, yep. like, this this is a little bit of a inflated number. Like, I get how Phoenix has been, but this probably should be, like, seven or eight. Like, you know. A lot of it's based on the fact that Boston had one of its best games in months on national TV. And yeah. everyone's going to overreact to it. And Phoenix got killed the last game. I think if I'm looking anywhere, I'd probably look to Phoenix team total under. This team still can't score. And Chris Paul Uh had a great run right after he came back from injury. Last couple of games, he hasn't really done much. What do you have, three points against Atlanta? He didn't do anything. They got buried (laughs) in the game. I'll lean Boston if I had to pick a side. But it's mostly because I don't think Phoenix can score. And I think defensively, I think Horford and Robert Williams will do a good job on Aiton. They don't have any plan B offensively, so I'll lean to Boston. It could get ugly, but based on the spot itself, there are a couple of just precedent red flags on Boston here when you're blindly taking an inflated line after a TV blowout game. Uh, Hold on. Give me one second. I'm just putting something into uh, the little thing. Let's see here. And Phoenix is also 8-17 and 17 on the road straight up. They're really just a horrible road team. Well, all right, here we go. That's that's actually pretty solid. And because I was because I felt like I had a system on this earlier this season. And I did. It was the um no, I, yeah. No, no, no. That's not this isn't the same thing I'm talking about. But either way, I just stumbled across it. So road dogs coming off of uh, a game where they scored, where their opponent scored over 130, like they got blew out, an opponent scored over 130, and now their next opponent blew somebody out doing the exact same thing. 
you know, you had the public perception is, oh, this team just got blew out. Oh, this team just blew somebody out. Obviously, take the team that just blew somebody out there and lay the points with them. Not at four ATS. Uh, you know, since what is this? What is the, the you're about the road underdogs nine four ATS? Yeah, road yeah road underdog is nine and four ATS since 2011. So 2011 nine and four ATS. Now three and ten straight up. So you see that the you know the team that blew the other one team out they win but they not by win margin. but not by margin like that the line is inflated too much and I think that this line is a little bit inflated. So yeah, Suns plus nine and a half that was enough for me. I'm just gonna look at Suns team total under. That's my fate of Phoenix in this game. They still can't score. Yep. And uh, yeah, I agree. All right. I think for props, I'm mostly staying away because Boston could win in a route, and I don't want to deal with minute restrictions on half these guys. I am kind of scared off. I know. Like, because Jason Tatum really should be in another. Like, he should be in in conversation for another double-double here. Should be, but I am concerned once again if the game gets really, really ugly that you might see everyone get pulled. I think I will look to Chris Paul under in assists, which might sound a bit of a hot take there. Historically, he's been horrible at getting assists against Boston. Just to read off the numbers here for the last couple games against Boston. 4-8-12-8-2-7-5. So he's had less than nine assists in, uh, what is that, six of the last seven games against Boston. I don't mind pivoting on Chris Paul under for assists. They've done a good job defending him in the past. Uh, and you have a blowout option there, or maybe Boston just basically says, we're going to dare Chris Paul to score 30 at the stage in his career, and we'll stop everybody else. That's how I would say Phoenix. I'll take Robert Williams over eight and a half. Okay. I think that, I think he can, because basically what I'm looking at, and considering that this could potentially be a blowout, is who can cash their prop in the first half? Yeah. And I, I like Tatum, Tatum can have 25, 27 in the first half, but like 30 and a half, he might, you know, he might miss that by a little bit. Yeah. I see the Jalen Brown. The Chris very, Paul, yeah. I see the Chris Paul number, by the way, at eight and a half. Uh, the over for the assist is minus 135. That under eight and a half assist, though, at plus 105, I think is tempting. Once again, he's had less than nine in six of the last seven games against Boston. Why is it at eight and a half, though? Did that because he's going to have the ball in his hands the entire time. No, but I'm saying, why, did it go down? I'm, I thought he was oh. sitting at ten and a half the other day. That wasn't. I'm pretty sure. A couple I'm almost games positive ago, when we were been, talking about that Hawks game, we were talking about his assist being at ten and a half. Like, I'm it, almost positive it was at ten. Yeah, he had, he had. What do you have? Three in that game against Atlanta. Like, he, yeah, he did nothing so. the entire game. So. It might that be an a, overreaction, too. Yeah, but I think that's I, a little I, I bit can't. of overreaction. But I get what you're saying. It's plus money on the under. All right. Yeah, I got nothing else. That blowout potential. I just, I'm tired yeah. of losing props to blowouts. I really am. So, but I do think that the Suns could keep it close. So I'm, I'm not as afraid, but I don't typically bet Boston. So, <laughs> next game on the slate, we have. Let's look here. The Philadelphia 76ers on the road going to play the San Antonio Spurs. 76ers also getting a large number, laying 10. But it's also the Spurs. 234 is the totals. Come down from 237. Injury report here. We have for the 
76ers, Joel Embiid is questionable. <laughs> and I think there's a decent opportunity that he sits like, why are you why are you playing this game? It's the Spurs. I don't know. Gian, Giannis might have leap. Giannis might have leapfrogged him in the MVP race. You know. No, I would 100 percent sit Joel Embiid because have you seen this Spurs injury report? Yeah. Trey Jones doubtful. Jeremy Sochan out. Romeo Langford out. That is three starters. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking Phil. I'm taking Phil. Uh, I'm not gonna I can't breathe. We don't have any uh, actual props on Harden for some reason, what? which I don't understand. We have Embiid props. Because the, don't have the books props. are terrified. Because the books are terrified. And they don't want to set James Harden with the low number that they set him when Joel Embiid is in the lineup. And they know that Joel Embiid, like, they're scared. That was obviously. They're definitely scared. I would they're think terrified. Double, but... They are terrified to put Harden's props out there without knowing what Embiid is going to do. Because they know if they set Harden at 20 and a half, they're going to get slaughtered. Slaughtered. Yep. There's not a number low enough that you could set for me and James Harden in this game, honestly. Earlier this year, I saw San Antonio put together the worst off the worst lineup in, in the season. It still hasn't been surpassed. And I took Toronto in the game. And Toronto won by about 45. This lineup's close to it. This lineup is one of the worst lineups I've seen all year. To go through the projections, I don't know how accurate these projections are, but the projected starting lineup according to Rotowire, you have Richardson, Branham, you have Keldon Johnson, so I guess it's not totally awful. Bates, Giop, and you got Jakob Pertl. If that was your lineup for an entire season, you'd win maybe eight games. Uh-huh. I got to take Philly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Philly. I can't not take Philly. I, that Three starters are out. I'm, I mean, maybe this is the spot. That's, this is that weird spot where a team covers and they got all these starters out, but I'm not betting on that. No, Philly. You know what? Maybe, maybe Philly first half because they can't help themselves punt leads in the fourth quarter. Oh. All right. Totals 234 and a half. What are you doing? By the way, I see Harden triple-double at 6-1. to one. I see one book that has it. It's at 6-1. to one. Bold. We'll play it, but bold. Bold yep. for having it out there. All right. Uh, total, total, what you know? Ah, uh, I mean, I, I have no idea, to be honest with you. It, it really comes down to Embiid, because on one hand, he's going to dominate. He'll probably go for 35 if he plays in this game. On the other end, Philly plays faster without him, and you're assuming that Harden and Maxi are going to go nuts in this game anyway. I think I'll lean under, just because San Antonio is missing so many guys, but Sohan's their best defensive player. I'd probably look to... Philly team total over no matter what. Mm-hmm. How the hell is San Antonio going to stop anybody in this game? And I think I, I'm taking it over because I think Philly's going to stop carrying in the second half and just let San Antonio. Like when you're up 25 plus, you don't care. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Next game on the slate is. Well, I'm Kelton Johnson. I'm still going to take Kelton Johnson, by the way. Somebody's like going to have to shoot. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't mind that either. Next game, I'm going to say Toronto Raptors are on the road going to play the Houston Rockets. Raptors are laying seven and a half. I got down on this last night when the Raptors were laying six. <laughs> just so I'll just go ahead and tell you what I'm doing now. But I still would play it at seven and a half. 225 and a half is the total. Come down from 230. Injury report for these two teams. And you have for the Rockets... 
Jalen Green out, Javari Smith Jr. questionable, Jashawn Tate is available. And for the Raptors, you know, Anobi and Otto Porter Jr. still out. So there's the tip of my hat. What are you doing, sir? So Houston had basically the same lineup as last game, except Jabari Smith got injured in the second half. I live bet Oklahoma City at roughly like a minus 120 favorite at that point, just because Houston had no talent and they ended up winning the game. I lost, uh, but Houston killed them on the glass. Tari Eason had 12 offensive rebounds. It was just stupid. But anyway, I I don't know if I can take Toronto here. I, I, I understand that Toronto has been, you know, a pretty good. They've been better lately, but still not great. And Houston mm-hmm. doesn't have much talent. I just hate this Toronto team with a passion. I I, I hate this team. <laughs> I guess the argument is they'll throw Achua and Barnes at at Shengun and basically dare anybody else to do anything. And maybe Eric Gordon steps up, and that might be a decent player prop option. I kind of like Kenyon Martin. He's been mm-hmm. really good. In the starting lineup, he's aggressive. He's not afraid to cut off ball with Shengun having the ball. I'd probably look for a potential double double for Kenyon Martin Jr., who's had a double double in two of the last four games and 13 plus rebounds in two of the last four games. I think those would be my pivots for the actual game itself. I don't like either of these teams. I think I'm just passing. What's your case? Uh, the fact that how long this road trip has been for the uh, Raptors and that they are favored. Like, that's been a very, very good system. I'm trying to pull it back up because I wouldn't bet some... this anytime soon, by the way. It's juice is seven and a half. It's probably going to go to eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, if you want to take Houston, you can probably wait till right before game time. But I think that it's, it's kind of just this mindset of like, all right, we've been on this really long road trip where get, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We see light in the tunnel. We have, what, one more game, and that makes seven. So one more game. And then we're back at home. We're able to get into our home crowd, get in our beds, get back home to our families, like all of that stuff. The motivational factor is just there for you to get up more at the end of a road trip rather than in the middle of a a bad road trip or in the beginning. Like, it's hey, we're almost there. Like, let's go ahead, finish this thing out, finish it right. Let me pull up this number I had because it's not too many times you see teams that are a road favorite at uh, sit in a six-game, seven-game road trip. It it's was also you see a road team that's eight and eight. Here it is, right up on the road, being favored by seven and a half on the highway. Here it is. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, road favorites where they had their previous six games on the road, fifty and twenty-six against. A straight up that is 65.8%, 46-29-1, one, that is 61.3% against the spread. So that was really uh, – I, I had this circled, this game and the next game against uh, Memphis, I believe it is. I had them circled when I looked and saw how long this road trip was and was like, okay, that well, probably not the Memphis game. They're not going to be favored, but – we definitely had something here with this Rockets game, and there's been a history of teams being able to cover this number. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get down on that when that number comes out. And Toronto is a favor, as I expected. So uh, I really, you know, sometimes you have an edge in a lot of plays. It's 61%, 60% of any edge I feel really good about. So uh, that was a really, really big play. And then just the fact of the inconsistencies by the Rockets. And, yeah, 
the Raptors do piss me off a lot of times, but they've been decent this road trip. Like they picked up a few wins this road trip. It hasn't been in a complete waste of time. So I like the odds in this one. My favorite play is the under. I, I watched that Rockets Thunder game because I live bet it. I ended up losing, but at least I got to scout both teams technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make an argument that if you lose money betting, at least you got information. So I just yeah. paid money for information. But Houston couldn't score. It, it was a hideous game of basketball. They scored because they got a bunch of offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Their sets were ugly without Jalen Green and without Kevin Porter Jr. They obviously used Shengun more, but that killed the pace of the offense. I love the under, and this total is way too high. All right. Oh, let's see here. Props, props, any props you got? I want the double-double on Eason and on Kenyon Martin Jr., but I don't have props on either of those guys. So I think Jabari Smith Jr. is not going to play. Uh, when I watched him get injured, he went straight to the locker room. It seemed like mm-hmm. his back kind of tightened up on him. Mm-hmm. And since he was a top three pick in the draft and Houston's 25 under, I'm assuming technically it's a hip issue. I would be very surprised if Jabari Smith played in this game. doesn't feel like he's number three pick in the draft. <laughs> it doesn't. But I'm just saying, I, I don't think he's going to play. Pascal Siakam. It's Pascal Siakam for me. I think he had a triple-double one of these. I think the last game he played against the Rockets was the one with the triple-double. Let me look at that real quick. That could be. I know Van Vliet had a triple-double last game against Utah. Yeah, I think uh, – I think it – hold on. Let me – I think it was – I'm almost positive it was against the Rockets. It was. No, it wasn't. It must have been the game before that, but he was close to having it again that game. But – Either way, back to what I was talking, 29, 12, and 7 last time out. He filled up the stat sheet in that game. He had three steals and one block, too. Uh, 33 and 4, 21, 10, 3, 24, 9, 2, 17, 10, 3, 22, 12, and 3. Like, he just has really, uh, really, really good games against this Rockets team. And now they're already have concerns about inside the paint. Now you're losing possibly another size guy with Jabari Smith Jr. I think that is going to be a pretty good. And you have the Pascal all-star, quote-unquote, all-star snub game. So, yeah, yeah, I think that Pascal Siakam is a good a good play. Yeah, I think he goes for 30, if I had to guess. Yeah, uh, I, he's he's going to be added to the, the snub plays for sure. Mm. Well, right. he's moving up the snub power rankings because Fox took the night off. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. He was down on the snub power rankings, and he definitely moved up. One is going to be a guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but still, I, th- I think. Steve I mean, a little bit. Too. We're going to talk. I mean, a little bit. We're going to talk about him, right? Well, yeah, right we don't now, have any so other it's a bit of a. Well, technically, we had another game we could have chosen chosen instead. That's no, we had. no. I'm, I mean, we're getting to the snub part of this. We saved the yeah. snub games okay. for last. It, this was. I didn't do this on accident. I, this was this was intentional. Oh, that's right. Then this I forgot. Very, very he might actually be he might be third or fourth in the power rings. I forgot about Ant. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So Orlando Magic on the road going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves laying four and a half at home. Two twenty nine and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Orlando Magic. Uh, whenever I find their name, the Magic's name on this list. There we go. Jonathan Isaac, not on the injury report. Spectator play. Everybody else good to go. Minnesota Timberwolves. Rudy Gobert is questionable. Torian Prince is questionable. Bryn Forbes is questionable. You know a contract's bad when we don't care if Gobert plays or not. Like if, Actually, if, if, when, if we're, when we're play. begging him not to play. Against Golden like, State? Nazarene yeah. put together a good game there. 
Yeah, like we're 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 at this point we're begging him not to play. So, I mean, you know, I don't like taking Minnesota, but I really think Anthony Edwards is going to come in here and kill them. <laughs> like I, I think I, he's I, gonna I like destroy. Minnesota. This game. He's going to destroy. Them. We've roasted Minnesota because they were awful to start the year and all that stuff. They're quietly two games over five hundred, but they've actually been pretty good. And yeah. Edwards has been incredible the last month. Russell's good offensively. He's still a brutal defensive player, and I still hate his decision-making late in games, but he's still, you know, a pretty solid scorer. Orlando doesn't have many scoring options. They have some, but Fultz isn't exactly a big threat. Gary Harris isn't a big threat. It's mostly Boncaro and Wagner. That's basically it offensively. Even Wendell Carter's kind of slowed down offensively. I'm also a member of the executive board of the Kyle Anderson fan club. Big fan of him as a role player. I think he's just a very good role player. What's your position? President, vice president, secretary. Uh, I'm currently scribe, but I'm working my way up. Oh, secretary. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm secretary. So I'm, right. I'm working. I'm working my but, way up. So next season. So next season, you'll you'll. I think you should run. I think you should run for president. I think you can win. I would vote for you. I'm, I'm going to do my best. I, I'm, okay. I'm a member of a lot of fan clubs. I'm currently the president of the Watanabe fan. I can give club. you. I, I can give you some. I can give you some advice. I'm. You know, I'm president of Patrick Holmes fan club, so I can give you some okay. advice on how to how to win that election for sure. For sure. Okay. All right. I'm still taking I mean, Minnesota, though. I like they've played better lately. Nice win against Golden State. They're at home. Orlando. We like this team just in general. They're clearly like a year or two out of even being close to ten games below five hundred. I'm going with Minnesota. I like the current form of the team. Does Anthony Edwards continue the trend he has going on with the Magic? Because every time he's played the Magic, he has gotten substantially well. Not substantially, but he's gotten better every single time. Eight points first time around, came back, had 16 points, came back, had 24, came back, had 25, and then he recently had 35 against this team in November. Does he eclipse 35 points today? I think if you want to play it safe, take the threes instead. If he's going to score 35, he's hitting at least six, I think he's hitting at least five or six threes. He had seven threes in that game. You are correct. So you're trying to think of what Orlando wants to do. They have pretty good rim protection with the multitude of centers they have. Orlando, from what I remember, is not good at guarding the three, correct? I will tell you in just a second as you keep talking. So for me, thanks for the cueing me in to keep talking. So I'm going to go with Edwards over in threes. I think the points are going to be there too, but with these big games that Edwards has, he really catches fire from three. And Mm -hmm. I do think Minnesota, I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell ever loves to pass the ball, but I do think there might be a bigger effort to get Edwards a big stat line just to put the league on notice. They fucked up. And yes, Orlando Magic 24th in the league, giving up 39.3% from three. I, I think I think Edwards is in a very good spot to potentially hit five, six threes in this game. He went four for 11 last time, uh, or that was against the Kings. But I just want to read off the actual attempts here uh, for Edwards. These are just the attempts. 11, 11, 7, 5, 10, 10, 16. Mm-hmm. If he attempts 11, I'll take the over on threes, whatever number it is, because I think he has a good shot of going like six for 13 in this game. Uh, let's see. I'm just scrolling here through his game log and his 30 point games. He has four for 11 from three, five from seven from three. 
Uh, four for ten. What's that? Six for ten. Eight for yeah. Like, like you said, there is correlated. If he gets the thirty points, it's not too many times that he's not hitting at least four. But his his three point number three and a half is plus one forty. You can get five plus threes at plus three forty. Yeah. Really, three forty for a guy that's basically been attempting like ten threes a game for the last week and a half. That's the Anthony. So that's the angle we play. We play Anthony Edwards for his threes. Great. Yeah, so unless yeah, you want to go points. for a same game parlay and merge it with like thirty plus points, you can do that. But that doesn't give you much of a boost. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to. I'm cool. I'm cool with just taking what you know. We don't have to force it. Let's just take what we get. Let's go for the threes. I see a sneak and then that way, by, Strut- by Strutters though, in the comment section, he's talking about Ant double double at seven to one. Points yep. out that Edwards had seven at half last game and finished with eight. Which is actually uh-huh. especially brutal because the game went to overtime. <laughs> that's actually a really yeah. bad game. Yeah, that's, yeah, one that's rebound in the terrible. final, uh, yeah, final twenty nine minutes. He had one rebound. That's sh- uh, shout out to Anthony Davis. Uh, that's yeah. a whole separate story. But <laughs> but if you know, if you know, you know. But still, yeah, uh, I don't mind Anthony double Davis. Jake, this goes on. Yeah, this goes on. All right. Next game of slate, we have the wait. It's we the didn't. Last even, game. We didn't even say a winner. I mean, Minnesota. Are we just taking? Minnesota? I'm taking Minnesota. Yeah, we're just taking Minnesota. Okay, great. Make sure we was on the same page about that. Uh, last game of slate, we have the Atlanta Hawks going to play the Utah Jazz. Utah is laying one and a half at home. Two forty-two and a half is the total. Injury report for these two, and we have uh, for the Atlanta Hawks clean. Looks clean for. Utah, I don't even remember how to pronounce dude's name. I I learned it and I forgot it, and I don't want to say it. And mess Are we talking it. Walker Kessler or we're talking somebody no. else? No, the uh, Simon or Simone or whatever. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not gonna try, I don't want to mess it up. But he's also he's questionable, but he's also like not a Fun big factor at all. They're they already like I didn't even get to the point of even any type of mentioning a handicap and I'm already getting the questions real. Are you going to take Atlanta? It really does check all the boxes for Atlanta. Doesn't it? You got, it, yeah, favorite. I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Atlanta. Like I'm not going to do as well. I want, I do not like taking Atlanta on the road. Yes, that is a hundred percent fact, but there's no way I'm fading the jazz system. And what could potentially be the last game that we play it? Like if they don't, if they cover this game, then I'm, I'm fully good of punting in the trend away and saying we had a great beginning of the season. Because last time they got the push against Toronto, so it was like, dang, I was ready for them just to cover. Like, I was really ready for them to cover that game so I could say, all right, I'm done with that trend. I can move on with my life. But they keep pulling me back in. Utah keeps pulling me back in. And so now we try again. And then Trey Young and the snub thing, of course, it gives me more ammo for Atlanta as well. Because I truly think Trey Young's going for 40. Trey Young historically has actually been awful against Utah, but I don't know how much that matters because at least you had Gobert roaming the paint. Mm-hmm. You don't have anybody now defensively. Nope. And even with Utah being a fun story, they still can't guard anyone. <laughs> nope. But Trey in his career has never scored more than 30 points in his career. And he's actually only had one double double in his entire career against Utah back in mm-hmm. 2019. But Gobert's not there anymore, so I don't know how much the, any of the stuff I don't think I any of that matters. Matter. I don't think any of that matters. I don't think it matters either, but I'm at least throwing it out there. Historically, yeah. it's not been good against Utah. I agree. All right. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just I understand why Trey didn't make it. Completely understand why he didn't make it. But it's not for the reason that people think. 
because he averages 27 and 10. So like it's not because of what he thinks. It's the fact that coaches voted for the reserves and nobody in the league likes Trey Young's game. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody in the league likes his game at all. He didn't have we talked about it when All-Star Reserve. We didn't even go through the reserve list, but whatever. Uh we didn't we talked about it when the starters came out. And you looked at I think Trey Young was at like four or five and like well, not four or five, maybe like seven, eight in the fan voting. He was he was like twelfth in the player voting. Yes. <laughs> they don't the players like him. hate him. They don't like him. They don't like anybody that knows basketball does not like his game. Like, and it's because he basically does what James Harden was doing to a a little bit of a greater extent because he actually got a whole rule changed. Like he has a, a whole mm-hmm. point emphasis on him because of that stop foul thing. So I'm so uh, happy in hindsight they made that change. Yeah, very, yeah, very good. That was so un- it's not basketball. Like, that's not basketball. No, not at all. But so I actually like Trey Young not making it, and I know that his counting stats are good. His oh, efficiency numbers are horrible. He's shooting like forty-two percent from he's the shooting field and forty-two point eight percent, which is the lowest since his rookie year. He's averaging four point one turnovers per game, and he's shooting thirty-two point two, a career low percentage from three. That's ridiculous. His efficiency numbers are horrible. I'm actually happy Trey Young didn't get in. Yeah, no, I am too. And I'm I am Trey I am a Trey Young supporter. Like I've come on here and I've been a very, very big Trey Young supporter, but I can't support you and you're in danger of shooting forty percent from the field for a year. Like I cannot support you with that. I just gotta 42. let you I gotta let you know. If you're below forty three, as far as I'm concerned, you should be off the ballot. Like that's that's ridiculous. That's I mean, that's the same reason that I don't think Russ should get six man of the year. It's the exact same thing. Russ is oh, those Russ odds are starting to, to slowly, slowly, you know, fall. And I love the, yesterday's a perfect example of that he had a double double yesterday. Bro, he went two for 16 from the floor. It's ridiculous, yo. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you guys. Rogan's come coming you guys, in. Max, like, can you guys stop acting ball. like y'all not? Can y'all stop acting like y'all not NBA players? Like, please stop acting like you're not NBA players. That Westbrook like, thing you, was so funny, though. Like, you, you should be way better than that. Like, oh. He had a double double. He went two for six, and that's that's why I was like, I don't think he should be six man of the year. Of course I, not. I don't think Trey Young is anywhere in any conversation for anything, and he shouldn't. I agree, he should not have been all star. I am a Trey Young supporter, and I agree, he should not have been all star. He's having a terrible year. He's getting the the number counting stats, as you said. He's having a terrible year, but he's gonna kill them in this game <laughs> because I, I he's, he's a, a guy. Kill him in this game. Too. He he is a guy that remembers stuff like that, and it fuels the fire, especially on the road for him. It fuels it fuels him. So he's definitely about to go out here, and he's gonna have a great game. Yeah, I think he will too. All right, are you with me on the Hawks? Yeah, I'm gonna take the Hawks. I think it's a good spot. They just killed. I know Phoenix isn't good, but you still go into the Valley and win by 35. I'm mm-hmm. impressed by that. Maybe they can work. Maybe they can piece together another good road game, and mm-hmm. we'll, after that, we'll never back Atlanta again. Yep. What type of breakout game are you expecting from Trey? Are you expecting thirty or forty? Are you expecting 40. like twenty and fifteen? Forty. So you're you're, 40. you're going with all points and not assists. Yeah, I'm going okay. all points here. I think it's. I think he he gets hot early, and then once he's once he starts feeling himself, he doesn't turn it off. I'm just wondering because I, I do think a 20 and 15 game could be in the cards, maybe even a 30 would, and 15. Game. I would do something fun and play. Of course, I'm just going to play Trey, but I think I'm going to also throw. Uh, I might not go for a double double for uh, 
Murray, but I'm gonna juice his assist up a little bit. Like I'm I'm gonna juice his assist up a little bit. Total's gonna... two forty two. So you're just expecting a bunch of points in this game anyway. But yeah, um, if it's not Trey Young, who else is gonna be the person to get a bunch of assists? It's gonna be tell you what though, Trey fourteen plus assists is five to one. Okay. DeJounte ten plus assists is eight to one. Yeah, see, like I think I would do like a DeJounte eight parlay with Trey for like 30, 35, something like that. Trey 35, 35 is three to one. Thirty-five plus that eight. Yeah, that's a nice little play. I'm 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 gonna be have I'm gonna be on this game. So Yeah. In some capacity, we're gonna be backing Trey and probably DeJounte assists. But yeah, his assist, I mean, what's his, the eight what's to his, one is the eight to one's nice. Where's his regular assist line? His regular assist line is at it's got to be around six and a half, if I had to guess. Five and a half. Five and a half. Like, really? He, that's that's yeah, really. Yeah, he can get that on a regular. Yeah, I see five and a half for minus 130. Like, he can get that on a regular night. All right. Before we get into lock and dog, let's go ahead and finish. Oh, well, total, total over, over. Yeah, like, I'm going to take an under in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm glad that we could get through that really quickly. All right. We, ha- we have two contests for the big game next weekend. And it's the $1,000 squares contest completely free to enter. Just go to sports gambling podcast.com slash squares. Leave us a, re- leave a review for the sports gambling podcast on Spotify, put it into that link sports gambling podcast.com slash squares. And you can be entered for a chance to win a free square for that thousand dollars in prizes. Also, we have the bingo contest where you can get a 57 SGPN gift card. You all know how our bingo goes. All you have to do is be subscribed to Sports Gambling Podcast on YouTube and be subscribed to the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube as well. All of this available in the SGPN app. All right, Scott. Lock and dog time. For my lock... Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with my overnight play. Then I'm gonna go Toronto minus seven and a half. I think it's a good spot. I think they're a better team. And Houston's just losing too many pieces. Like you're telling me you're potentially no Jabari Smith Jr. as well, in addition to no Kevin Porter Jr. and no Jalen Green. And Pascal Siakam has really good games against this team. I'll go ahead, I'll take that. And for my dog. You have a lot of player prop options. There's really a lot. Of I know. Choices. Yeah, it's like really just going to be. Yeah, it's really just going to be player props. I don't, and we didn't really like to make. Do it. I mean, I I, I don't want to go to Portland, but let, let let's just let me give out let me give out the uh, the parlay. I'll give out the parlay for the bare minimum of the scrub game. That's what I'll do, and that'll be my dub, my dog. So, yes, please give thumbs up to the video on YouTube. I appreciate that. It's Friday's parlays. That will be my parlay. A parlay for my dog. I'll take Pascal Siakam over 20. Well, now it's 26 and a half at minus 105. I'm cool with that, though. I'll take Trey Young over 28 and a half at minus 108. Parlay that. And we'll go with Anthony Edwards for the bare minimum on his threes. Three and a half plus one forty. That puts me at an eight to one. So eight to one scrub parlay. Uh, well, not scrub, but snub. Well, they are scrubs. I'm, I might end up just doing some type of round robin situation because I might just take some player props, throw a hundred dollars total 
and I'll just have some type of massive round robin. We'll see what happens. But yeah, maybe I'll probably share it on Twitter if I end up doing it. But either way, uh, so your dog was one of the parlays, or that was your bonus? Yeah, that was so the parlay was my dog. So I'm doing a three leg parlay: Anthony Edwards over threes, Trey Young over points, and Pascal Siakam over points. That paid out eight to one. Okay, so for me, uh, for my lock, I. I'm going to take a team that I've roasted all year, but I actually do think it's a good spot for them. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm going to go with Minnesota minus, I think you can find four right now. I'm going to take Minnesota minus four. Mm-hmm. I like how this team's played. It was a very big emotional win against Golden State, especially after Golden State killed them in their own building mm-hmm. earlier this year. And I think they're building there. Now, Minnesota's still not a great team. I still think the Gobert trade's awful. And I'm not picking to do anything in the playoffs, but you have Edwards who could go nuclear. So that's a good check to have. You have a good home court advantage. That's another good check to have. Orlando's terrible on the road. Orlando's 7 and 19 straight up on the road. They've lost three of their last four games by at least five. Uh, the last two losses came by 11 plus. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota's been good. And they've played four straight home games, so no, no actual travel needed. 19 and 11 straight up at home, though. I'm going to go with Minnesota, minus four as my lock. And for my dog, I have a bunch of choices. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do I want to do for my dog here? You know what? I think I'll play it safe. Give me the Edwards three and a half threes at a plus 138 or plus 140. He's going to probably attempt 11 threes. That number's too low. Give me the over three and a half threes for Edwards at roughly plus 140. But yeah, that's going to be my lock and dog. I'm going to go with the same game. Minnesota minus the four. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Terrell just texted me that his Wi-Fi went out. Cool. So I'm going to end this. uh, Trying to think, should I mock Terrell or should I end it my own way? Tough call. I'm going to mock Terrell. Let's have some fun with it. So uh, you can find us on Twitter. Find me at Show Radio. Find Terrell at Really Real. Besides that, we'll be back once again for next week for the NBA podcast and the NFL Gambling podcast. Besides that, I don't know how I'm going to end this podcast. Don't really know what to say, what to do. So we're going to end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to...